You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and we've got some major, major drama in the NBA. Two big stories I want to touch on. Also going to get in today to what I alluded to yesterday, which is the top players that I would want to build around is Steph Curry, quite what we think he's been, is Zion Williamson, as big as we think he is. I've got some really interesting stuff on both of those topics coming up soon, but we've got to start with some big drama that happened yesterday. Two big stories. And the first one I want to talk about is, of course, about my beloved Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz team charter yesterday was forced into an emergency landing shortly after takeoff after it struck a flock of birds. This is a real story. It's just like Captain Sully. If you saw the movie Sully with Tom Hanks, amazing movie. This actually happened with the Utah Jazz yesterday. And if you're on YouTube, you can see these pictures. Look at the damage these birds did to this plane. It annihilated one of the engines. I mean, there's some major, major damage here. This is crazy. Scary, scary stuff for the Utah Jazz. Um, Luckily, everything was okay. Like, everyone was okay. They were able to land and actually got on a different plane and and took off to Memphis for their game uh, with the Grizzlies. But scary, scary stuff. And it kind of got me thinking about, you know, what if the plane had gone down, you know? And this, this last year, year and some now, has just been so wild, you know, with the pandemic and Kobe Bryant. And it just felt like there were so many things that were happening all the time. And, it, you know, this would have just been one more just awful thing, you know, to add to that list. Luckily, it didn't happen. Um, but it did get me thinking about, you know, those where it did, like the Marshall uh, football team, where basically the entire team was wiped out. There's actually... Quite a few of these incidents that have happened over time, and most of them we you know don't know about or haven't heard about. There are ice skating teams, things like that, and years and years ago before we were, any of us were born. But the Marshall one was you know relatively recent. We've seen the movie We Are Marshall, pretty awesome movie by the way. But just a tragic, tragic story where nearly the entire team and coaching staff dies. And to their credit, they didn't get rid of the football program. They they rebuilt it. Um, the University of Evansville basketball team had a similar thing. They rebuilt it, you know. And because I had friends asking me yesterday, what would the Jazz have done? Like, would they just cease to exist? Would there not be a franchise? I don't know if there's some sort of protocol involved with this. There probably isn't. I would imagine it would be, you know, up to the owner of the team, uh, Ryan Smith, to figure out what he wanted to do. Uh, you know, I would think they'd rebuild, though. And I would think they'd do it through, like, a an expansion draft, and again, this is, you know, heaven forbid this should ever happen. Um, but if it did, it would probably be through an expansion draft, I would think, and you rebuild, you know, and I think that's the way to honor, you know, the people like they did at Marshall and, you know, at University of Evansville. But scary, scary stuff for the Jazz. Thank goodness that nothing happened. Knock on wood that it never does to anyone ever again. Um, but it's really scary, scary moment. So that was some big news in the NBA. Other big news in the NBA, and by the way, just real quick, on the expansion draft, how it works because uh, I did look this up. I was curious because I wasn't quite sure how many players you were allowed to protect. They were allowed in the last expansion draft in 2004 in the NBA to protect uh, to protect eight players. So your top eight guys, you could kind of just say, these are ours. So no wonder the expansion teams suck because you're picking from the end of benches all over the league and you try and field a team you know, with that. So um, that's probably what would be the scenario, I guess, if, if it were to happen. Again, heaven forbid that it does. 
Um, maybe I shouldn't even talk about it, but we're talking about it in a positive light. It didn't happen. They're safe. Everything's good. They've got a game tonight. Hope they win. Okay, um, moving on to another big dramatic thing that happened in the NBA. Kevin Durant, bless his soul, he just can't lay off social media. He doesn't have it in him. He can't do it. This is a guy that's already admittedly had burner accounts. He's been caught with burner accounts defending himself. I mean, can you imagine being a multi-millionaire superstar NBA player and having fake accounts on Twitter that you go and fight with little kids on? You go and defend yourself against high school kids that are tweeting mean things about you? That's how insecure this guy is. Well, now... Michael Rappaport, who's a big sports fan and actor, he's frequently on sports talk shows like on Fox and stuff. Would love to get him on here if we can uh, get to that point. But he uh, has been critical of Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant went at him with some of the nastiest. I'm not going to show them or even repeat them on the on the podcast here. You can Google it for yourself if you want. But some of the nastiest things uh, on Instagram DM with some really, I mean, going after his wife, uh, some homophobic comments. It was just, it was not, not a good look for Kevin Durant. And I'm sitting there thinking this guy, just when you think he couldn't get more insecure, he goes and does something like this. How about you just heal up, get back on the court. You haven't played in a year and a half. You've played 19 games in the last season and a half. Let's get you back to playing basketball. Let's get you off your phone. Let's get you off social media and get you back to playing ball, try and win a championship. And even this championship is still going to be a little bit tainted for him because he hasn't played half the season, and he just rounded up like eight superstars to join him. So, And that's why he's so insecure. I think the insecurity stems from all the backlash he got when he went to Golden State. He felt like he wasn't getting his due credit uh, that he had earned with his great play in OKC. But, dude, when you go and join a super team, you got to expect that. And so... If he could just chill out a little bit, you know, this guy, he's, I mean, he was threatening to fight Michael Rappaport quite a bit, like multiple threats of fighting him. And Katie, you're 6'10", you got a 7'5 wingspan, I get that, but you're not exactly the most intimidating figure. You're about as scrawny as they get. Um, So I don't know who you'd take in a fight between Michael Rappaport and and Kevin Durant. It would probably be a pretty close fight. With that reach that that KD's got, he might have a, a pretty big advantage there, but... I don't think they'd ever actually come to blows. I don't see KD as a fighter. I think he's kind of a fake tough guy, if I'm being totally honest. Um, hugely bad look for Kevin Durant. If you're the Nets, I'd, I'd be just livid. I'm like, dude, really? We're paying you tens of millions of dollars to to not play and then to do this, to be on social media making just the crudest of comments that are now blasted out publicly. I don't know if that was, you know, cool of Michael Rappaport to put the DMs on blast. That's usually kind of a no-fly zone there. You kind of keep private stuff private. But, you know, maybe he's clout chasing. Maybe he had some reason as to why he thought he should do it. Uh, either way, he did it, and uh, it's out there. You can go look him up. It's pretty pretty wild stuff. Um, and Katie just comes across so insecure. It kind of reminds me of, like, the beyond supermodel gorgeous girl that has all the reasons in the world. She's smart and everybody loves her and every guy wants to date her and blah, blah, blah. And for whatever reason, they're just insecure. And they got to post a million things on social media to try and get more and more attention. And I kind of see that same thing with Kevin Durant. It's like, dude, you have all the reasons in the world to be confident and happy, um, at least from the outside. We never know what's going on in people's personal lives. But from the outside looking in, it's kind of similar to, you know, the the example I just gave with like a supermodel pretty type girl. Um, and you know, on the outside looking in, it's like, dude, you're, you're famous, you're rich, 
You're one of the best basketball players in the world. You have multiple championships. You'll probably win another one this year. What is it, dude? Like, why are you so insecure? So I hope Kevin Durant gets fixed whatever's wrong inside of him because something is definitely wrong. And I think the Nets should look into that because he needs to spend less time on his phone, more time on the court. Right now, it's all backwards. So that's some big drama there. Okay, one other thing I wanted to touch on, back to the Utah Jazz a little bit. Uh, Jake Wagstaff, friend of mine, commented on YouTube, and as I'm trying to grow this thing, I'm definitely going to you know reply to comments and even mention them here on the podcast, so that'll encourage all of you to comment more. But he uh, he made a good point in a comment. He said, you know, I had mentioned that the Utah Jazz do not want to face the Lakers in the first or second round, or ever, hopefully for that matter. Um, but for sure not, you know, where they're the, the four seed, because that means we'd play them if they're the four or the five. That means the Jazz would play the Lakers in the second round. And he said, and I said, well, we need to get them up to like the two or three seed so that we can avoid them in that second round. And then Jake commented, I think it might be even more realistic and better for us if they fall down to the sixth seed, which I do agree with. Um, if we could get them down to the sixth seed, then you avoid them in that second round as well. And they are still without LeBron, without AD. It could be more realistic. They do now have Andre Drummond. They seem to have figured a few things out. I think they're going to likely hover just slightly above 500 until they get Anthony Davis and LeBron James back. Um, and then when fully healthy, I think they'll steamroll uh, you know, to a lot of wins. Uh, I don't think they'll steamroll through the playoffs, but I think they'll win very consistently once those two guys are back. And so it just depends how much regular season is left when that happens. And then come playoff time, we'll just cross our fingers we don't match up with them. Because it would be really nice if the L.A. teams had to fight each other in the second round. That would be really, really nice. Because I think the Jazz can beat every team in the West in a seven-game series, except the Lakers. And then after that, I think we can beat the Clippers, but they're definitely the, the biggest scare that I have. Nuggets, I know they beat us last year, but I'm not scared of them. Suns, not scared of them. Blazers, not scared of them. There's just not many teams in the West that I'm scared of if I'm the Utah Jazz with the exception of those two teams in LA. And so if we could if we could get them to have to play each other before they have to play us in the Western Conference Finals, that would be ideal. So, and hopefully we, the Clippers win and then we can beat the Clippers. Okay, so comment on YouTube. Um, I love it. I'll interact. It's, it's awesome. So yesterday I talked about how um, I had made a podcast years ago when I first started this thing. So I started this for those that are new, especially on YouTube. I just launched this on YouTube a month ago. So it's very new on YouTube. Um, but I did the podcast originally like about five years ago. And it's kind of been very inconsistent here or there. It's been fun. I'm trying to you know be significantly more consistent and serious about it now. So thank you for your support. But one of the good podcasts I did, and I've been called out um, on this by a couple people, is I mentioned that I just didn't see Steph Curry. I was wrong about one thing right about another. So with Steph Curry, when he was coming on just gangbusters in like 2016, I kind of saw that as as uh, I kind of equated it to like RG three Robert Griffin the uh, third with the Washington football team. I felt like it was going to be a little bit of a flash in the pan, not quite to that same extent, but it felt a little bit almost gimmicky, um, and that's where I was wrong. He has completely evolved the game, single handedly evolved the game with the help of Jimmer Fredette. Uh, around that same those same years back in 2011 12, that's when the three point shot started becoming more and more popular, but. 2015, 2016, Steph took off, and the three-point shot is now like the thing in the NBA, right? So I was wrong. Steph Curry was not a flash in the pan um, in that regard. What I did say, though, the one comment I made that is looking to be more and more accurate, 
is that I didn't see Steph Curry as the guy for more than a handful of seasons because I didn't feel like his game was quite... It did, I didn't feel like his game single-handedly equated to championships like a LeBron James, like a Michael Jordan, like a Kobe Bryant. I didn't see Steph as a number one guy on a championship contender for more than two or three more seasons. And I was totally right. He won one championship as the number one guy, and he didn't win finals MVP that year. They then lost the next year. Then he went to two more, or excuse me, three more with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was clearly the guy on on those two titles. And then when Kevin Durant got injured, they lost. And so, and now with Steph Curry, they're not even in playoff contention, right? Well, they're in contention, but they're not in the playoff picture right now. If the playoffs were to start today, the Warriors would miss the playoffs. So he just isn't that guy that can drag a team to the playoffs. I mean, we even saw Russell Westbrook do that. Now, I, I would take Steph Curry over Russell Westbrook. Don't get me wrong. I think Steph Curry is probably the greatest point guard of all time. But I do think I was right in saying that I don't see him as that type of guy. And there's very few guys like that in the history of the NBA. Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, obviously the guys we mentioned, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. There's there's just only a handful of guys like that. And Steph Curry is not a guy that I think is like that. I think Kevin Durant is. I think he's not given himself a totally fair shot to prove that. But he is the guy that can be the number one option on a championship team. And Steph Curry... He's still he's still an all star. He's he's obviously a future Hall of Famer. He'll probably be, um, you know, first or second team All NBA this year, and rightfully so. But I think his championship years are done unless he changes teams. I don't know that I see the Warriors coming back to do anything, even with a healthy Klay uh, Thompson. I don't see them doing it. And there's rumors that LeBron was recruiting Steph Curry to the Lakers over the All Star break. I'm sure he recruits him every time he sees him. Who wouldn't want to play with Steph Curry? But that could be a spot where Steph Curry goes and gets more titles. You know, go and join the Lakers, you know, and let's have a real battle of super teams. You might, the rest of the league might as well quit if this happens, but get Steph Curry on the Lakers and maybe then he gets some more titles. So it's just an interesting thing. Again, I love Steph Curry. This is not hate. I love Steph Curry. He's still one of the greatest point guards in the NBA today. He's the greatest of all time. Um, but I don't see him as that guy that's going to drag others to a title run. He doesn't even seem to be the guy that can drag others to a playoff appearance. So, and and LeBron, we saw LeBron with with teammates that we can't even we don't even know their names. They went to the finals, you know, back in his first stint with the uh, with the Cavs. And so, Steph Curry is all time great, but I don't know if he's that guy. So then that got me thinking: Who would I build my team around? If I were starting a franchise now, say there was this expansion draft and all the players were available, if I'm looking to build a team for the next five to 10 years, who am I taking right now? And let's say it's for five to 10 years, you know, closer to 10. Because if it's just for five years, you're still looking at, uh, you know, the Hardens and the Currys. Um, you know, you'd look at uh, who else? I mean, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard. Those would be some of the top names on the list if you were, uh, you know, just looking at the next few years, five years tops. All those guys will be well past their prime or definitely at the end of their careers in five years um, because they're all in their early 30s. Um, But if you're looking at the next 10 years, 10 years, who are you taking? And there's five names that I've got here and I'll go in order. The first one is Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is living up to every bit of the hype that he was given. 
and the kid is only 20 years old. He's shooting 60, what, 63% from the field, 62.4. He's shooting 35% from three, 35% from three, Zion Williamson, 71% from the line. He's third in the league in PER, eighth in points per game, also averages over a little over seven rebounds a game. He's an absolute monster. And this is coming, all of these averages, you know, um, with PER and points per game, this is all coming with him having played a kind of a secondary role to Brandon Ingram for much of the season. Zion is an absolute freak. He's 20 and he can do everything. His efficiency is through the roof. I would like to see him get a few more rebounds, but this kid is, is truly the real deal. If you had asked me even two weeks ago, this same question, I probably would have put Luka Doncic ahead of Zion. I've now got Luka at number two. Luka is the truth. I mean, the kid's only 22 and he's a proven winner. He he just, uh, he's not quite, he's not quite Zion. He's not quite Zion, but he's right there. It's like they're 1A and 1B, you know, Luka and, and Zion. One of Luka's biggest issues is he's actually not a very good three-point shooter. People think that he is, um, but he's barely better than Zion. You know, he's shooting 36.7 or 36.8% from three this year, which is, I think it's actually his career high. I'm going to check that as we're talking right now. I think that's a career high for him though. Um, shooting 37% from the, from, from three point line. Cause he's just kind of historically, he's kind of a volume guy. It's actually his, yeah, it's actually his best by far. So his rookie year, he was 32.7 last year. He was 31.6 this year. He has made a huge jump to 36.8. Um, he averages a little bit, a few more points than, than Zion, uh, shoots 48% from the field, obviously gets uh, a lot of rebounds and assists, uh, nine assists, eight rebounds. So Luca's like right there. It's like one A and one B, but I'm just look at Zion and I feel like he's a generational talent. And to me, like he's the guy that I would start first with my team. If you get two of those guys on the same team, a Luca and a Zion, look out. But that's the kind of guy that, that Zion needs as a Luka type that can also score a little bit, that can also uh, distribute the ball, get him involved, get him some lobs. But okay, so Zion, Luka. The third guy would be Giannis. Giannis is only 26 years old, but isn't it interesting that I'm already putting Zion and Luka ahead of Giannis? I, I would even dare say that right now, Zion might be the better player than Giannis Antetokounmpo. And this is, that's crazy because this is the two-time MVP, defending MVP, reigning MVP, and defensive player of the year. But I look at what Zion's doing and the trajectory that he's going at. If this is like a stock, if we're looking at like a stock market type th scenario, uh, Giannis has kind of plateaued and has been plateaued for at least a season and a half. Zion is like this skyrocket right now. Luca also, Luca's not quite, you know, at the same upward angle of Zion, but he's, he's going up. Um, and, and, and Giannis is kind of more plateaued, but Zion's only, uh, excuse me, Giannis is only 26. So he would definitely make my list of top five guys that I would want to build a team around for the next 10 years. Um, next on the list would be next on the list would be Jokic, Nikola Jokic. This is a guy who's not very flashy is not super entertaining to watch. In my personal opinion, I know some people love him. Um, maybe I'm a little bit biased because I don't love that he came back from down 3-1 to beat my Jazz. Uh, but this guy, he can do it all. He can pass. He Actually, he can't do it all. He can't defend very well. But offensively, he can pass and he can score and he can shoot. Uh, very, very skilled big. And again, also only 26 years old. The fifth guy, and this one was hard because I looked at a bunch of guys. I looked at like Ben Simmons. Psych, did not. Um, 
Looked at Joel Embiid because I would not build around Ben Simmons. Though he is good. He's good. Philadelphia fans, relax. Um, and the guy would be Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's only 24 years old. He's one of the league leaders in points. He's proven to be clutch. I've watched him firsthand step up in huge moments. I mean, last year what he did in the playoffs was ridiculous. Nobody can blame that 3-1 debacle where they lost the 3-1 lead on Donovan Mitchell. The guy was scoring 50 a game. Uh, we've watched him beat Russell Westbrook and Paul George and OKC in the playoffs. I mean, this guy is a proven winner, and he's only 24 years old. He's improving every season. He's a team player. Uh, he would be my fifth guy that I would build around. So if I were to go and do a draft right now and wanted to build around guys, that would be the order that I would take them. If once Zion was off the board, I'd go with Luka. And once Luka was off, I'd go with Giannis. Once Giannis was off, I'd go with Jokic. Once Jokic was off, I'd go with Donovan Mitchell. That would be my five guys. Um, okay, to college basketball. The bracket update. Let me give you that real quick. So we're down to the final four. Final four is on Saturday, and we've got one seed Gonzaga, 11 seed UCLA, one seed Baylor, and two seed Houston. So UCLA from first four to final four, pretty remarkable. Um, they had a really entertaining game, low scoring, but entertaining game last night against Michigan. I watched it. Then UCLA hit some clutch free throws down the stretch to seal the win. Um, and a couple things came to mind. One, the NCAA needs to implement what the NBA does where you can advance the ball beyond half court with a timeout. I kind of like that. I know it's, you know, it's strictly made for the chance of a buzzer beater. Uh, so it's not true, true basketball in its truest form. You know, it's like that you didn't physically advance the ball. So why should the ball just magically move? Because you called timeout. I get that. That's why the NCAA doesn't do it. But the NBA does, and I really like it because it does make for a better show. It does make for better drama and better chances here. So that's one thing. I think that the NCAA should implement being able to advance the ball with a timeout. The second thing is the NBA needs to implement the and one, or it's not, not the and one. The NBA needs to Im implement the one and one free throw. The one and one free throw in college is awesome. The amount of pressure. I remember shooting those in high school. You're freaking nervous. That first one is so meaningful because if you miss that one, you don't even get a chance to shoot the second one. You've got to make that first free throw. So I think on team fouls, when a team foul hits you know, the mark that it needs to hit, 7, 10, whatever it might be, uh, 5 in the NBA, whatever it is, I think they should do a one-on-one -on -one free throw. Why should If I'm just dribbling out at half court and I get fouled when there's nothing happening, why should I go get two foul shots? I think it should be a one-on-one -on -one. Um, because then if you make the first one, you're rewarded, you get the second one. So I think the NBA needs to implement the one-on-one -on -one free throw, and I think the NCAA needs to implement advancing the ball past half court if you call timeout. So those are some takeaways I had from the game last night, in addition to the fact that the first team since VCU in 2011 advanced from the first four to the final four. And I got to talk real quick on that year, 2011. Oh, how I remember that year. I went to BYU. I was a BYU grad, um, and that's the year that BYU was the best they've ever been with Jimmer Fredette and Jackson Emery and Brandon Davies. And Brandon Davies, of course, gets suspended, um, can't play, misses the last few games of the regular season, misses the Mountain West tournament, misses the entire NCAA tournament, and BYU was on fire. Jimmer was the runaway player of the year. And uh, we get to the Sweet 16. I'm saying we because that's how I felt about the team, especially back then. I was at all the games, uh, including the Mountain West tournament and the 
NCAA tournament. I went to Denver and I went to New Orleans for the Sweet 16 game. We get to the second or we get to the third round, Sweet 16, and we're up against Florida, who's a big team. Brandon Davies was our big, big guy. He was our second best player. Um, I would maybe argue our well, Jackson Emery was right there. Uh, Jimmer was clear, clear cut number one guy in every aspect. I would say Brandon Davies was definitely number two, though. Number two most important, and number two in just overall talent, and then Jackson Emery number three. So we're now missing our second most important guy, and he's a big man, and we're playing against a bigger team in Florida. And it goes to overtime. Jimmer didn't shoot great. Uh, I think he was like four of 15 or something from three. Did not shoot very well. And we barely lose in overtime. And I'm and you look at how that bracket played out. VCU, of course, we're talking about VCU made it to the Final Four. Well, that was on BYU's side of the bracket. BYU just had to get past Butler in the Elite Eight, which was like the six or something seed. They weren't that great either, and they were a worse version of BYU. They were that was a game BYU would have won, I think, pretty handily even without Brandon Davies. And then in VCU, we get by them, and now all of a sudden we're in the national championship. So I know it's a lot of, you know. If, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But man, man, that was BYU's year. If Brandon Davies just could have stayed, you know, and I might actually know Brandon Davies. Maybe I'll try and get him on the on the podcast someday. But that was, a, that was a tough year for me. Like BYU was so close and just didn't quite do it. Uh, could have been, could have been a Final Four appearance. And that was the year UConn won it with Kemba Walker. And Kemba Walker was, uh, you know, another candidate for player of the year with Jimmer. And so that could have been very interesting. UConn ends up winning the title, but that was that was BYU's chance. So VCU did it. UCLA now has done it. They are going to get smoked by Gonzaga. Luckily, I have Gonzaga winning it all in the bracket challenge, uh, which is what I was about to pull up here. So my friend, uh, who is it? James Schramm, I think, is in first place. I'm pulling it up right now. So James, if you're listening, congrats. You are in first, and you do have Gonzaga winning it all. So you are likely going to win. Uh, it looks like Connor, who's actually my cousin, is in second place. There's like 40-something of us, um, and I am in third, 30th place. But I'm pretty confident that I will finish uh, 13th because I have Gonzaga winning it all. I think that's going to happen. I think they're going to crush UCLA in the Final Four. Likely go up against Baylor, who I should have put in the finals, darn it, but didn't. And you'll have the two best teams all year facing off. And I think Gonzaga wins uh, wins the title for the first time ever. That's my prediction. Uh, again, 100 bucks to the winner plus a spot on the podcast. Should be a lot of fun. But the other takeaway I had from this thing last night was I just didn't feel like I care as much about college basketball like I used to. March Madness, historically, I still love it. Don't get me wrong. I love sports in general, obviously. Um, but it used to be something that was like my favorite sporting event Ever. It was like bigger than the Super Bowl for me. And it just doesn't feel like that this year. And I don't know if it's because the pandemic last year stole that tournament from us. And therefore, we just don't, you know, it's like we're out of it a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's because we don't have any blue bloods in the tournament. No Duke, no North Carolina, no Kentucky. I don't know if that's it. Or could it be that guys like Zion only stay for one year? Guys like LaMelo don't even go. They're now finding a workaround to not have to go to school. It's like, if you know you're going to be in the NBA, just go play professionally somewhere else. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't go to college. If I, if I knew I was going to be in the NBA, if I'm, if I'm a projected top five pick coming out of high school, I'm not going to no college. That's just me. I'm not going. 
Um, so maybe you know the NCAA needs to get more serious about really paying players because they're making gobs and gobs of money off of these guys. Might as well pay them a little bit back. Uh, that would encourage some of these better athletes like a LaMelo Ball to go to college. It would have been really fun to watch LaMelo in college. We didn't see much of what he did in Australia and Lithuania, wherever else he went. But now we're seeing just how good he is in the NBA. The kid's a freaking stud. He would have been rookie of the year. He won't be able to win it now because he's hurt. But So that was just an interesting takeaway. I think NCAA needs to pay their players for more reasons than than just uh, you know improving the quality of the product on the court. Uh, I think it's the fair thing with how much money they're making off of them. But that's just one more reason now. The, the product quality on the court is not, to me, what it used to be. The excitement's just not there. There's no fans. I get it. That's going to play a role. But I just haven't felt as into it this season. Um, with March Madness, I'm a bigger fan of the NBA and the NFL than I am college sports, but college basketball and college football are kind of right there uh, with it. And they just this March Madness tournament, to me anyway, just hasn't been as exciting. That's just my opinion. Um, okay, last thing I'm going to finish on this. I got a text from a buddy yesterday um, saying that he, he had found this thing on like not Sports Center as a joke, but. Um, saying that the the dunk contest should be replaced with a one-on-one contest at the NBA All-Star break. And I just got to say, I freaking love that idea. I would love it if we had a one-on-one competition at the NBA All-Star break. Can you imagine how incredible that would be? You could kind of divide it up by position or height you know, or something like that. But to see guys go one-on-one, like I don't know how many guys you'd have enter. They might be almost nervous to to, you know, to get smoked by somebody, but I would love to see like a James Harden versus Steph Curry, a Kyrie Irving versus Damian Lillard. Like how incredible would that be a one-on-one competition of these guys, LeBron James versus Kawhi Leonard, you know, like how sick would that be? Giannis versus Zion. Like that would be so, so incredible. So let's start a movement here on STB Sports Take get it to reverberate all the way through the sports world to the NBA. Let's get a one-on-one competition as part of the NBA All-Star break. That would be absolutely phenomenal. It would be better than anything they're currently doing. So let's get it done. All right, you guys are awesome. I will see you manana. I am out. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are